And now, the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hensbro. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. This is Sleep Dog with the Big Hawk. What's up, everybody? It's the Big Hawk. Big win for the Tar Heels. It's a great weekend. Uh, we got back on track, and we're going to talk about it. I'm ready to bring you a great podcast. Uh, happy to be with my guy, Sleep Dog. Here we go, guys. All-star week in NBA. No, nobody's watching that, uh, but everybody was watching Carolina. Lost, dropped one to Syracuse. That was a downer. Uh, bounce back. Pretty good win against Virginia Tech. We'll get into all that. We're going to preview uh, UVA. We're going to talk about what it's like on this bye week. You know, we don't play again until Saturday. We'll get into some seeding conversations, given where Carolina's kind of had a little up and down. You know, where does the big hawk see the Tar Heels? Where can they be? Where might they be? Uh, where, where where does he think they're going to end up as well as who we think the one seeds are right now? Uh, might even touch on a dunk contest. was pretty, pretty tough. Tough to watch. I mean, old Sleep Dog Mike could have been one of the four people in the dunk contest and it would have been just as entertaining. I don't think I could even touch the net. Tiger withdrew as well. Not sure we'll get to all that stuff, but uh, definitely got a lot of college basketball to get to. But before we do, we got a big announcement, guys. Sleep Hawk Worldwide on the map. We are excited to be working with Autograph, co-founded by Tom Brady. Like, dude, we've hit the big time here, guys. The Autograph Fandom app gives you access to the best college basketball content, fan challenges, and exclusive rewards like discounted tickets for diehard fans. All for doing things you already do as a sports fan, like following your team in the news, listening to this podcast, SHWW, Sleep Hawk Worldwide, and more. Download the Autograph app for free in the Apple App Store and use referral code SHWW. That's referral code SHWW. See you at the game. And guys, the app's cool. Legit. Yeah, sleep. I mean, the app is really cool. Uh, you guys go ahead, uh, download it in the app uh, store and use our code SHWW. But I got on there the other day, and what's really cool about it is you can pick which teams you really like in college, and you get Every article, everything, you get exclusive access to a lot of different stuff. Uh, anything you want to know about the Tar Heels, it will be in the app. It's really cool. I was actually really blown away when I got on there and looked at it the other day. Uh, I'm on there all the time looking at stuff and catching up and seeing what people are saying. I think it's really cool. Yeah, we're pumped to be partnered with those guys. So hear a little bit more about that as we go through the show. We'll be reminding you to use the SHWW code and reminding you to download it. To follow the Tar Heels, which is what we do as well. So, all right, Big Hawk, Syracuse. Bummer, you know, here we are having a little bit of like herky-jerkiness here in this part mm-hmm. of the season, right? Not uncommon. We will get to this later, but Purdue goes down today against Ohio State with an interim head coach coaching against them, you know? So it's a, it's it's up and down for everybody. Kansas dropped one. Kentucky doesn't look that great. You know, again, we bounced back the Virginia Tech, uh, you know, with a game against them. We'll get to that. But, you know, what are your thoughts on the week that was Tar, Tar Heel basketball? Man, this is a tough one. So, you know, after the Syracuse game, I think we've lost three of the last uh, five. And so, you know, they're starting to get a little rumblings. Uh, you know, fans are getting a little tight. Heck, I'm getting a little tight. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and what this game comes down to is – I don't think that we had the defensive pressure or presence that we've had, uh, you know, let's just say maybe three weeks ago. And uh, we went to, uh, you know, Syracuse, which historically that place is rocking. And when they fill that up with all those fans, it can be a tough place to play. Even though I've never played there, it is a tough place to play. And we talked about it. When teams have big guards, big physical guards that can really get it going, I mean, at sometimes we struggle with that, and it makes us a little vulnerable. Uh, you know, the the Judah Meets kid, uh, he's about mm-hmm. 6'4". He's got a big body. Uh, and he had 25 points, 16 points in the second half. Mm-hmm. And also, the J.J. Starling, 6'4", big guard, 23 points, 13 points in the second half. Mm-hmm. And... If I'm not wrong, I think Syracuse might have shot about 62% from the floor. Yep. When when that happens, you're not going to win. I, and I've, I've said this, 
you're just not going to win ball games when you let teams shoot 62% from the floor. And um, I will say, I don't think Armando had his best game. And, uh, you know, it's, and we can talk about it because, you know, he did some big things over the weekend. Mm-hmm. But in Syracuse, um, we let those two guards get hot. They were big. We, did, we didn't have the defensive pressure or presence that we've had in prior games. Uh, but also, I felt like our execution was a little off. And I've talked about this, the late-game execution that we've had in, you know, for a majority of the year, actually, has cost us some games. Uh, you can look at the Georgia Tech game. Uh, you can look at even Kentucky. And, uh, you know, we, we did kind of claw our way back, but we didn't execute when we needed to make plays and when we really needed to uh, put points on the board to really get over that hump. And I really thought late in the game we struggled to score a little bit uh, against Syracuse. And I've said this, it looks like sometimes we struggle with the zone. And, you know, I think Syracuse, even though, no, this isn't the Bayheim zone all, zone everything at all costs, we'll never do anything but zone. But the zone, they hit us with the zone, and we kind of struggled at times with that. And we put uh, – this was kind of an odd offensive strategy. You put Cadeau, because he's such a good passer – you would put him in that four-man position with the two bigs inside and kind of put him around the free throw line. And Syracuse wasn't really guard. They were daring Elliott to shoot kind of that mid-range. And Elliott still got to the rim, and he made some great passes. And, you know, I, I think it's actually a pretty good scheme because what you do is you put Harrison Ingram, one of our best shooters, you put him on the perimeter and you allow him to shoot the three. And then once those guys get hot, Cormac didn't have his best game. Uh, but, uh, you know, when when guys get hot from the outside or start making shots, it's going to pull that zone out. and It's going to open a lot of things up. And we missed a lot of shots, which allowed Syracuse to really sag in and really give Armando a lot of trouble. But I did think Elliott did some good things. He got close to the rim. He made some good passes. But, uh, you know, this game was pretty simple for me. Uh, I didn't think we played great defense. They shot well. They got hot, and we didn't execute. And that, to me, was a formula for us losing, and that's kind of the was the whole script for Syracuse. This is what was interesting. This is an interesting box score. A lot of times the box scores can be misleading, but I don't think this one is. It tells a lot of stories. I mean, you, you called it right out of the jump. Syracuse shoots 30 of 48. That's 62 and a half percent from the field. They shoot eight to 17, 47% from three, right? They have um, 10 steals. So as Carolina has 11 turnovers and that comes on 10 steals. So it's weird because like on one hand, you know, a lot of times turnovers are like boneheaded plays, some of them, right? I mean, but, <laughs> but when you got 11, you got 11 turnovers and 10 of them because the other team stole the ball. I mean, you mentioned that we didn't play great defense. Well, they did, right? They only turned the ball over eight times. They also only committed 11 fouls and we had some guys. We had three of our starters with four fouls to close out the game. So, and the other two had three. So 20, 20,000. Honestly, I think some of them was, it was a little like, look, as a fan, I think there were a couple calls that you're feeling kind of iffy about, but it didn't seem like the narrative didn't really seem to be like, you know, the stripes were costing us. Um, you know, and, and, and look, you got a guy, like you said, those guys got hot, especially, um, in the second half. We, we didn't look good to start the game. You know, we, we close out the first half and tie it up. You know, I think we were down, hell, might have been down double digits at some, one point in the first half. And, and then they just kind of smacked us around in the second half. I mean, those guys got hot, like you said, and, um, and pulled away. And, you know, I think most people say, Hey, how do you, how do you beat a team by 36 and then turn around and lose to them? And I mean, I think we're going to get into this a little bit later, but you know, everybody's down on the ACC, but you go up and down the list of the teams and you got about three just bottom feeders. And then you got some teams with a crappy records that are on any given night, pretty good teams. Um, you know, I was looking before we got on here and Georgia tech, Georgia tech's won. What did I say? They won 
They beat Duke at home. Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech has won four games this season. Okay, they are next to last. In sorry, they've won four games in conference. They're eleven and fifteen. They've beaten three ranked teams. That is aside from us. That is more wins against the AP top twenty-five than anybody else in the conference. And they're next to last in the conference. So I mean, look, it's it's an imperfect sort of you know. Any team, any night, with for the most part, uh, can beat anybody. And and it's, you know, am I trying to make chicken salad out of it? Maybe. I mean, look, <laughs> we've lost, we've lost, you know, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win. You know, and then we got Virginia coming up, which we'll preview here shortly. But yeah, I mean, sometimes there is just nothing else, no sense to make out of it, dude. You just, it is what it is. So we bounce back against against VT. Um and look pretty good doing it. So that was home game. Yeah. And um, to me, the story of this game was uh, when I uh, watched the game, I thought we dominated dominated the game from the inside. Uh, I thought Armando was great. Uh, Armando, he really, he was aggressive. He demanded the ball. He got the other team's bigs in foul trouble. And you could see at times where, Armando was like, hey, get me the ball, get me the ball. And I know a lot of people um, sometimes think, hey, we got to get Armando more touches. Hey, listen, that's not just on the team. Also, you got to put yourself in good position to get the ball. And also, I thought Armando was really active. I thought he ran the court really well. And when he wasn't getting the ball, I thought the simple fact that he was running the floor so well that he was getting other teammates open and allowed – you know, to really open things up outside. And also, Cormac played well. I thought Cormac came out, and he's been taking a little bit of criticism uh, from the fans. And sometimes you look at things, and, you know, you have a tendency to kind of get mad at one player. But I I don't think so. I think Cormac does a lot for this team. Uh, And also, he had a big game against Virginia Tech. I thought he played well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, this guy, he has a quick quick trigger. I'll tell Mm -hmm. you that. I mean, Sometimes this guy is shooting the ball before he even catches it, which I think is comical. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I really do think that we came out physical. We came out tough. We played defense. We got back to our defensive principles. And also, uh, we pushed the ball. I thought we played with great pace. I thought we made a concerted, you know, concerted effort to really push and run. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think that was it. But also, we executed late in the game. We mm-hmm. made big plays. Um, we made plays when we needed to make plays, uh, when they went on a little run. Uh, but no, I thought this was a great win and especially, you know, after, you know, you're starting to catch a little bit of, a little bit of heat because, you know, some people, uh, thought we might be slipping or, you know, I'm not playing like the team they used to be. Um, and, uh, in reality to me, the one thing that I'm not liking is, a lot of people are saying we had a letdown uh, against Clemson at home, which arguably we could have. Mm-hmm. But Clemson's a really quality team. <laughs> they have one of the best bigs in the country. And Shefflin does a very good player. Uh, Joe Girard's one of the best shooters in the country. Mm-hmm. Clemson is a very good team. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think if we don't come to play, even if we don't even play well, we lose to Clemson. It's not the fact that mm-hmm. you know we had a letdown, which we did. But also, we had a you know a letdown against a very good quality team that's going to be in the tournament mm-hmm. and has the potential to go on the run. I, I really do believe that. Uh, they have, uh, outside of those three players I just mentioned, Hill, Shefflin, and Gerard. they have other big-time uh, athletes and big bodies that are physical and they can play. I think they're well-coached, too. Uh, so I didn't really like that narrative, but it doesn't help when we go to Syracuse and lose. And uh, then you start to hear a little bit more of that. And, you know, I, I really felt like we got back on track against Virginia Tech in the Smith Center. I was there. I witnessed it. I thought we really played well. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the spirit, the team spirit was mm-hmm. there. It uh, looks like guys were really feeding off each other. And uh, I thought we, yeah, it was good to see. And also Harrison Ingram's been playing unbelievable. Gosh. I think he had 17 rebounds. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh yeah, I thought it was just a great win for us. Yeah, and here's the thing: like we've, we've, I think <clears throat> that the root cause is we just hadn't sh- hadn't been shooting the ball that well over the last five or six games uh, on in a couple nights, right? Like even even a couple of the wins we wound up pulling out 
Uh, we didn't shoot the ball particularly well against Syracuse. We shot the ball better, but like you said, we, we didn't defend well enough to win. Um, and then, you know, you go back to the Virginia tech game and, you know, we shoot the ball much better, but still not shooting it great from beyond the arc. I mean, um, I think Cormac had at least two of his threes in the first half and finished four for seven, but was four for 11 overall. You got, uh, Harrison missed all four of his three-point attempts, and he's been pretty reliable. Cadeau missed two. RJ's three of eight, right? When we're good, these guys are hitting. And the thing of it is, is shooters slump. They they always do. So, I mean, listen, like, <laughs> especially college shooters. And so, in a weird way, man, like, and we're not losing these games by a boatload. We're going out on a couple of these games where we can't seem to throw the ball in the ocean. Got guys just, just dropping 25-30 against us. And we're still, I mean, these are still close games. And you mentioned it, and that's where I was going, is Harrison Ingram, dude, he's one of, like, he's establishing himself to me is like, I wish this guy had been here all four years. I mean, 17 boards. And the thing of it is, is Carolina had 14 offensive rebounds, and nine of them came from Baycott and Ingram. In that first half, it seemed like, dude, every time the shot was missed, like, we got the rebound. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we had 43 boards against Virginia Tech, and, you know, you're gonna you're gonna do well for yourself um if you're pulling all man every time it's a, ESPN loves just playing the progressive uh turning into your parents commercials it just pops up on my computer sometimes I, even I think those commercials are hilarious oh they're great the man uh. um and definitely remind me of myself um so yeah I mean that's the thing for me is look these guys start getting into a rhythm again and playing through sort of like a down couple down games where they're not shooting the ball well. Um, see the ball go through the hoop. Um, you know, we get back back on the right side of, you know, say 40% from behind the arc or close to it. I think we'll be a we'll be a real tough team to beat again. I mean, we're gonna see that we're gonna find out um when we go to Virginia. But yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think this is a great great bounce back and um Lord mercy, man. They just don't want to see all these commercials. Um yeah, so I, I I like where we're at. I'm not I'm not unhappy with it at all. So no, I, I think uh, <laughs> you know now that we have the you know the bye week leading into Virginia, uh, I I do think this bye week is beneficial if you use it the right way. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know it, it, and you know kind of put a closing on the Virginia Tech game. I, I just felt like we got back in track, got back on track, and my mind is at ease. Mm -hmm. That this team, no, that was just, you know, just this team is aligned. We're still progressing and growing as a team. And I still like the direction and the trajectory that this team is headed for the tournament. And so uh, the Virginia Tech game gave me confidence to say that. And I thought we played extremely well. And also we dominated them. Uh, but, you know, this, you know, we kind of talked about it in the beginning is this bye week uh, where you have this, you know, a significant amount of time to actually get rest, heal from injuries before, you know, you're saying nothing good happens in Virginia. And, mm -hmm. you know, Virginia, they're a tough team to play, and you've got to be disciplined against, the, uh, against Virginia. We are by far the most talented team, but they play a style of basketball that just makes you want to pull your hair out. And – You've got to be ready for that. And when you talk about a bye week or a team, especially in college, that has a significant amount of days of rest before a game, you start to worry if guys are going to come out flat. And it's pretty normal, but I think what you do in the bye week to really make it beneficial, listen, we've got some guys who've had some injuries. Seth Trimble's been kind of in and out of the lineup lately. Uh, but also, you know, I, I can't really put it, you know, I, there hasn't been anything said, but Armando doesn't seem like it seems like his legs are just a little bit tired or he just needs some rest. Uh -huh. uh, you know, I, I can tell you as a big man, uh, you know, the season can get long and having to bang and run the floor. That's tough. That's not easy. And the bigs, uh, it's the most physical part of basketball. And Armando is a physical player. So he's going to get some much needed rest. I do think that to begin these first few days, I think you really focus on individual skill. I think you focus on uh, bringing attention to, you know, injuries or certain little things that might be nagging to kind of prepare you and get ahead 
of something that could potentially bother you later on down the road. And also a lot of people talk about this, but you got to get in the weight room. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of time during the season where you can really work on your body, work on your strength and all that. I think has a big factor in the staying healthy and preventing injuries. When you can get in the weight room, work on your body and, you know, get your body right and a little bit stronger. It's very difficult to do that during the season. I think that has massive rewards and there's not a lot of times you can do that. Uh, but I think you use that the first three days. That's the way I'd handle it. Then leading up to it, I start, you, I, I would start having some hard practices. I would do a lot of competition. I would do a lot of scrimmaging just because this is one of those times where you could potentially get a little bit out of shape and you've got to have that feel of running up and down the court. You've got to have that feel of getting hit, getting bumped, but also you've got to breathe hard. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a different feeling when you come off an injury. This is the only thing I'm comparing it to is when you come off an injury and you've had some time off and you, you're not quite, you're not out of shape, but you're not like in shape. You just need to, you know, get going to get, a, you know, get it going a little bit more and then you're good. And that's what, you know, a lot of people talk about coming out flat to me. That's what, you know, I would say flat really means is, Hey, these guys just hadn't been up and down uh, in uh, a few days and they got to get that feel back. Uh, that's why I think competition getting after it, you know, guys doing a little scrimmaging in practice. I'm old school. I like that. I think it's good. And uh, you don't get a lot of time to really work or have quality practice during the season uh, because you're traveling, you're playing games, guys are injured. Uh, so I think this is a valuable time. And Virginia is an awfully good team. They are 9-1 and one in their last 10. Um, they lost to Pitt. Pitt, I think, is fourth in the conference right now. And then they've lost at NC State, at Wake Forest. They are what five and six in the conference. They did lose at Notre Dame. That's oof, but that's a long time ago. That's I mean, a that's really bad, bad loss. Yeah, it's yeah. a bad loss. But I mean, that's that's December thirtieth. So there's all kinds yeah. of college explanations for that one. So yeah, I mean, and, and as if Virginia is not a good team anyway. They're well coached, um, very structured. To your point, thank goodness this game is at four o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday. I mean, it would be that is. Look, if it wasn't the Tar Heels, it is prime nap time. Because to your point, I mean, sometimes you got to hold your finger up in front of your face, in between your face and the TV, just to make sure those guys are moving on offense. I mean, <laughs> good grief. Um, the Croatan Cougars out there trying to put the ball in the bucket. It's like drawing blood. Um, but they are, um, you know, they are who they are. They're a good team. I mean, by the time the rankings come out, uh, next week, they'll probably be right around the same place. We should probably be somewhere around, you know, 12 to 15 coming off that Syracuse loss. So, I mean, you know, this is going to be a going to be a tough place, a tough one for us. We are. Are we there or where? Yeah, we're we? at Virginia. I yeah. Think. I mean, gosh, man, who, who that, <laughs> everything in Virginia, man, whether football, basketball, probably pickleball, it doesn't matter, man. You always have a hard time playing those guys down there, um, you know. They're disciplined, I think, is the biggest thing. They're committed to their style of play. And one of the things I think that really fascinates me about Virginia, as boring as it is to watch, you know, how they're able to dictate the pace. I mean, they're going to force their style of play on you, and you've got to be able to handle that. So I would imagine that if you're going to have a bye week, in addition to all the things you just said, I would imagine that getting it before you're going to play a sort of shock to the system opponent like Virginia that slows the ball down, a lot of half-court sets, a lot of defending the full shot clock, right? It gives Hubert and the coaching staff a, a good amount of time to focus in on that and, you know, uh, help prepare for some things maybe that they're not going to see. Hell, all I got to go on is high school. But I remember in high school, you know, sometimes you you run all these different sort of um, offensive and defensive schemes that you have in the in the in your like playbook, but you only ever run about half of them, and usually you're trying to dictate what's going on. But I imagine with a com- with a team like Virginia Tech, I mean, sorry, with like a team like Virginia, I mean, do you think they'll spend time? Are they going to get other looks that they're not used to seeing? I mean, is it? It's 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 more complicated than just oh they run a half court set, isn't it? 
Uh, yeah. And let me just say this. How do I prepare for this team? Listen, I don't start preparing for, for Virginia. Uh, we play on Saturday, maybe Friday. And the reason I say that is we're a better team. So if we go up there and we, we have a good version of us, we're going to win. But you've got to know who you're playing and you've got to know their strengths and you got to know how to handle that. Or you could be the worst team and still lose. I always like this time where you have a significant amount of time. Hey, let's let's hone in our craft. Let's get better at what we do, and let's not worry too much about Virginia, even though Virginia is kind of an anomaly and they're a different style and we don't see this regularly. Um, it's going to be a good challenge. So on Friday, uh, before we play them, you know, kind of usually what you have is you have that scout. You go over some clips. I'm not sure how they're going to do it with this bye week, uh, but I will say you start focusing on that, but um, – the reason why I've always kind of looked forward to this game since Tony Bennett has gotten to Virginia is because historically we've been a very fast-paced team and Virginia is very slow. Mm-hmm. And in a way, it's a clash of two different styles. And I want to see who's going to win that. I want to see, hey, are we going to go up there and we're going to make them play with us or are we going to slow it down and play their style? I just think who's better at whose style is going to win. But uh, I will say, Sleep, Virginia, why I don't like slow basketball is because Virginia is not used to playing from behind. So mm-hmm. in my opinion, if you get a lead on Virginia, significant, like a decent lead, mm-hmm. they really become vulnerable because then they have to speed it up. They have mm-hmm. to try to come back from – being behind, and that style is not really productive to what they want to do. They want to slow it down. They want to make you guard and play defense for the whole shot clock and really kind of beat you down and get a high-quality, high-percentage shot. And then that makes teams, uh, you know, it, it can be exhausting, but that's what they want to do. But when you get a big lead and you jump on them from the get, it makes them vulnerable. And, you know, the the tournament is kind of evidence of that. You know, Last year they had a uh, – you know, they mm-hmm. kind of got upset, I think. And then, obviously, uh, they were the first team to ever lose to a 16 seed. So th- that's what I would really focus in on sleep is, like, trying to get out, trying to get that big jump on them. And, uh, you know, I think that if we do that, I think uh, I-, I think that's the key to this game. But also, uh, I think we're a better team when we run. And we've got to play defense uh, because this team's success is going to be dictated by its defense and how they play defensively going forward in the future. And, you know, that's been this whole, this whole Mm -hmm. year, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, when we've had some losses early on, you know, especially against UConn. Mm -hmm. Now, after we lost to UConn, we came, we became a totally different team. We honed in on our defense and we became tough and physical defensively and one of the best defensive teams in the country. And then we started like winning games and going on Mm -hmm. these streets. Guys are looking good. That's why I think it's such a key. Uh, But, you know, in particular against Virginia, I think it's going to be dictated by the pace. You've got to push the ball and you cannot play Virginia basketball because uh, they're much better at that style than we are. Yeah, I mean, Carolina has 11.5 point differential on the season on average. So I'd, I'd be interested to know where that ranks. And to your point, you know, UVA, you bring up a great point, I think. UVA uh, gives up 58 a game, just shy of 58 a game. And in their losses to Pitt, they give up 74. To Wake, they give up 66, but they only score 47. Wow. Uh, they give up 76 to NC State and only score 60. They give up 77. They give up 65. These numbers don't jump off the page, but in a game where the possessions are limited, like giving up 20 points more than average is, is, is a recipe there. And you're right because, you know, you're going through and look at a lot of these wins, 69, 52, 65, 53, 66, 65. God, Miami scored 38 against them. Yeah. Um, disgusting. Yeah. So yeah, it does. That's a, it's an interesting, um, sort of outlook and, and Carolina can definitely, I feel like early in the game, right? Before they have a chance, before anybody has a chance to settle in, play good defense, force some missed shots, get out on the run, make some baskets. And I think that number to your point is 10 or 12. It's not 20, you know, and, and it makes the game a lot longer when the possessions are, are limited. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be a really, um, you know, big challenge. And other than the Duke game, 
to close out the season. And we got Miami at home, State at home, and Notre Dame at home following that. So, I mean, that's really the biggest, um, you know, State's nobody to, nothing to laugh at. Miami's not a bad team. But uh, but I'd say Virginia and Duke definitely represent two biggest tests that we have the remainder of the season, um, both of which are uh, are on the road, of course. So, brings me to my next point, which, your next point, which is uh, seeding. Let's talk a little bit about that. So, um, you know, right now, Carolina is going to come out. This is Sunday. By the time this pops out, you guys will uh, already know where Carolina is in the AP. But seven, lose it. Uh, you lose the game to uh, at Syracuse. You come back with a win at Virginia Tech. I got to figure we're 12, you know, somewhere in that range. I don't, then, I don't know who lost ahead of us or behind us or what have you, but um, so it's tough to see us as a one seed now, obviously. Um, but where do you think we have to do to get there? And I guess, who do you think the one seeds currently are? I mean, Purdue just lost today. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Purdue's pretty secure. Uh, I think they could actually lose a couple more and probably still have it. But I, to your point, Purdue has been one of those weird teams. Uh, Purdue, early on, they had one of the best strength of schedules in college, and they beat some some big-time teams. Uh, but I will say this. Um, I didn't realize they'd only lost twice. Yeah. So that now three times. Okay. But now, Sleep, if, if I recall just off the top of my head, I think they lost at Northwestern and then lost at Nebraska, right? <laughs> before sure. today, yep, before today, they lost against uh, Iowa State or Ohio State, which Ohio State just fired their coach. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when guys don't like yeah. coaches, what's the best way to you know get fired the spirit up, up? Hey, we yeah. fired the coach. You guys better play now because you can't blame anybody else. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, Purdue, I think, is a, so when I look at the one seeds right now, who a lot of people are saying, hey, listen, it's a lock. Um, I would say Purdue and UConn locks are number one seeds. I mean. What mm-hmm. UConn did to Marquette oh over this gosh. weekend, and Marquette is a quality team. Some mm-hmm. people were talking about them possibly being a one seed. They were four. Uh, uh, it's uh, it's unbelievable how good UConn is right now. It's actually kind of scary. Uh, so Purdue, UConn, Houston, and and Arizona mm-hmm. are who a lot of people are considering the one seeds right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, am I a believer in Houston? No. Mm-hmm. Have I ever been a believer in Houston? No. I don't know what it is. I'm not a believer. I know they have players. They play physical, hard uh, defense. I just think that being in the Big 12, they're new to the conference, and they're not used to that type of scheduling. I think it's going to cause some issues, and I could see there's some slippage there. Uh, but also, when I look at Arizona, they don't have any quad one win game. They don't have any quad one games left in the whole year. So mm-hmm. any loss is going to hurt them. They don't have the opportunity to really build a strength of schedule. So they're not even going to benefit from really winning some of these games. They're just going to hurt themselves, help yeah. hurt themselves by losing to, you know, anybody, you know, quad two, quad three mm-hmm. uh, team. So I think we could slip in uh, to one of those shout you know, out. Sub, yeah. So we'll slip in. Hermie, you're gonna, we're going to send you a bill for that. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really do think our opportunity for a one seed would be to uh, sub in for Houston and Arizona. I can mm-hmm. see those teams taking a little decline and us just, if we take care of business, moving on in there. And I just kind of looked at the schedule a little bit right now. Just looking at our resume, and I think this is through February 17th, we are net ranked. We're the ninth team in the country. Mm-hmm. So. Obviously, it's hard to really make a case for a one because there's probably some other teams in front of us, according to the net, which I'm not a big fan of the net. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're five and four against quad ones, six and one against quad twos, uh, but we're four and one in quad threes, which when you have a quad three loss, which is Georgia Tech, and I think they're much better than a quad three team, mm-hmm. it really hurts your resume. Yeah. Uh, so I do believe if we didn't lose that Georgia Tech, we'd probably be a number one seed. Uh, and also, we're five and zero against quad fours. So I do like our records against you know quad three and quad fours, um, except for that loss. Obviously, when you have a loss 
in either one of those quads, it's it's pretty tough. But we have two quad one games left at Virginia, at Duke. We have one quad two game left against Miami. That's at home. Then we have two quad three games, NC State, Notre Dame. NC State's a quad three? Yeah, NC wow. State's quad three as of now. You know, it's a very fluid situation, <laughs> this quad thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, how long I'm back in school meeting somebody at the quad. All right. <laughs> so the, the reason why I could see a slipping is because NC State to me is a rival, mm-hmm. and I don't really think rankings mean that much because there's sure. so emotions and players play so hard. And a lot can happen. That one, to me, I see, even though we're a much better team than NC State, we've been a much better team throughout the whole year. Sure. We have more talent. We're better in every aspect. But they are a rival. And, you know, sometimes those teams can beat you. Mm-hmm. And it happens. That, to me, is kind of a scary situation. And also, I'm not sure if that's home or on the road. I think it's home, actually. Yeah, that one will be um, at home. Yeah, so I like that. We play well at home. I think we've only had one conference loss at home against Which Clemson. Was Clemson, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and Clemson's a quality team. We talked mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. I like us at home. I wish we could take the Smith Center uh, on, the road. on the road with us <laughs> <laughs> at times. Uh, but, no, I, I do think if – obviously – we're projected according to Ken Palm, which, hey, guys, I'm not a big Ken, Ken Palm guy. I just use it when it backs up my argument. <laughs> they, <laughs> uh, uh, listen, we're projected to win every game going mm-hmm. forward except for at Duke. And mm-hmm. we're a better team than Duke. Yeah. And we can go get that dub at Cameron and do the old sweep, regular mm-hmm. season sweep, which I love. And that never gets old to me. So – I, I mean, we could win out. And we, we're, we are a one seed, but also there could be some slippage. The NC yeah. State, uh, Duke's going to be a hard game at Duke, but you know, sometimes got to get past Virginia. You know, yeah. I mean, sometimes it's not even those teams. Uh, you know, the Georgia yeah. Techs of the world can get you. So, I know. as long as we don't, that Notre Dame one is really the one that you're looking. I at. hate like, to yeah, even mention that one. That. that one will be. Uh, and then you got to remember too that you got the the conference tournament after that. Yep. You know what I mean? So mm. you get on a roll here. And I think I think this team, if they shoot the ball well, they're gonna get on a roll. And and to your point, I could definitely see it if 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 somebody else is on a roll, but I could definitely see it if Carolina wins out. You know, <clears throat> you have six losses. So somebody could definitely be uh you know, a Houston or something like that. Look, I mean, if they've got what, three losses or something at that point. Look, it is an argument to be made. Um, mm-hmm. But then you go, um, there's a lot of games left. What do you got to, so so you get a you get a first round and a second round by when you have to have three wins to win the ACC championship. So you could potentially have eight games left in the regular season. Um, it's a lot of games. Anything can happen. <laughs> yeah, so, there's a lot of happening going on. And, I, and we've talked about it, and I don't want to, Touch too much on it. Too much on it. I hate conference tournaments. Oh yeah, dude, they're the worst. I, I'm not a fan of it. Not many teams are, have the ability to win their conference tournament and then go on and win the whole thing. Yeah, I think guys play more games mm-hmm. in a short amount of time than they played all year, and then you're expected to go to the biggest stage uh, in the tournament, and you lose one game and you're not on and your season can be over. That's what I don't like about it. But for fans, dude, especially fans in North Carolina, like there's nothing like it, dude. It's yeah. spring. It's like you, you, your whole childhood is reminiscent of wheeling that TV. I don't even know. I can only imagine. I guess I'll find out here in a few years. But when they used to wheel the, t- the damn TV in on the cart and turn that sucker on, man, teacher was like, oh, I love those days. You know, and it's funny because now, you know, we're like, older and we know a few folks that are teachers and you sort of always thought a teacher was like you know this person of uh just like all they did was teach and then you kind of get to know a few and you're like i wonder if my teachers were at these places on the weekends um and they like they must love it what i'm getting at (laughs) in a very roundabout way is they must love it too because they're like, finally, I just wheel that shit thing out. Principal ain't gonna say nothing. Other teachers ain't gonna say nothing. Their parents ain't gonna say nothing. And for the love of God, the kids ain't gonna say nothing. They're gonna sit there and just 
just be happy with it. So it's just, this is a reprieve for everybody for an entire week. But you're right. I mean, in order to win, if you really think about it, win a, co- a conference championship and a national championship, you got to win like what, eight games in a row? Um, if you were, you know, obviously you're probably going to be the top seed, one of the top seeds in your conference. So, I mean, look, man, the chips are stacked again. You got to go on an eight game win streak. Yep. to win it all. So, I mean, you start thinking about it that way, and then as a fan, it sort of makes you go crazy because, you know, a little, little superstition. You're like, man, that's, that's a tough thing to do going on. Uh, well, like that. Sleep, I will say, the conference tournaments that I do enjoy are like the mid-majors where oh, they've yeah. got – Dude, hey, guys, like, if you're not – like, the ACC tournament this year is in uh, D.C., so uh, they're bringing it back to North Carolina, which it should always be in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Should be in the Smith Center, but uh, Greensboro is good <laughs> enough for me. Uh, but uh, guys, the, the mid-major conference tournaments where they get an automatic bid, yeah. I, I mean, these kids play so hard, and yeah, dude. it is so fun to watch. And the fans are so into it; it's almost uh, it's uh, it's amazing to watch. And that's what I like about conference tournaments. Yeah, uh, it's not necessarily a fact that. Oh man, hey Notre Dame, man, they sucked all year and they went out and won ACC. I don't like really that stuff. I mm-hmm. like the fact that these mid majors battle and it's fight so shot. hard. Oh, yeah. dude, it's yeah, it's great basketball. That's what oh, I love. Yeah, dude, that stuff is. You're right. That stuff's great, and mm-hmm. always, always somebody comes out of there. Um, I've had my eye on old Cincinnati, our boy Wes Miller. Um, mm-hmm. I was looking at their record the other day, and like they're kind of far down the conference standings, but I looked at like. I mean, dude, they've had some really good wins and they've played some really tough opponents. And like, it seems like they have lost every game that they've lost against a good team by like two points. And yeah, I'm, I hope yeah. they wind up in the tournament. I always I mean, hope Wes succeeds. Uh, yeah, I'm pulling for Wes. Obviously, he, I mean, it works hard. And uh, Cincinnati plays hard too. So if you guys want to watch Cincy play, they're good. They're a fun team to watch. Uh, they, you know they got a decent resume. They've, you know, they're three and six in quad ones. So, but those six—that's what I'm getting at. I was looking at their schedule the other day. Those six are crazy. The amount, like how close. Oh, I know. Is this football that I'm looking at? Dang, that got me on the football. So they lost to Baylor, which is you know they lost by you know it's sixty-two fifty-nine, close one. Then actually they played Kansas. Pretty close mm-hmm. in Lawrence uh, at Fog, which nobody wins at Fog. Even UConn lost at Fog. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they played them. It was 69-74, and they barely lost to Houston, which, boy, they got yeah. hosed by their refs on that one. Yep. It was 62-67. And then, actually, they lost to Iowa State, which, by the way, guys, Iowa Good State team. is a great team. And also, they could be a team I think could sneak in and actually get a one seed. Uh, if some of these other teams slip and we don't do our work, I, I, keep your eye on Iowa State. Iowa State has the ability to go on a deep tournament run. Mm-hmm. They play some of the best defense in the country. They play really hard. They're really well coached. They're a veteran team, and they've had some big time wins. So, if you're looking for some sleep sleepers out there, or you want a good bet, bet on Iowa State, dude. So here's I'm gonna run through it. Xavier was a pretty good team early in the season. I don't know if they are anymore. All right, bad loss against Dayton. This is Cincinnati. Uh, they lost 82-68 at home against Dayton. That's a bad loss, right? But then they lose by one at 20. They beat, first of all, they beat number 12 BYU by 11 on the road. And these are all these rankings are at the time of the game. They beat 25 Texas, or sorry, they lose to 25 Texas by one. They lose to 14 Baylor by three. They beat 19 TCU. First of all, dude, every damn game they played is against a ranked opponent. They beat 19 TCU. They lose to, hell, I got my glasses on, either 15 or 16. The font's so small, I can't tell. By four to Oklahoma. They lose at Kansas, like Big Hawk just said, by five. They lose against West Virginia. That probably ain't too hot, but only by four. They beat 15 or 16. Again, I can't tell the difference by. Texas Tech by three, they lose by five to Houston. I'm sorry, to number five Houston, and then they lose by nine to ten uh, Iowa State, which I agree is a really good team. It's like I was looking at their schedule the other day. I'm like, bro, <laughs> do they play anybody that's bad? I don't think so. So uh, 
anyway, I, you know, it, it kind of sucks for them because they are way down the list in the Big 12. But golly, man, I think everybody in the Big 12 has been ranked at some point this season. The Big season. 12 is a gauntlet. Wow. And, um, um, there's a lot of tough road games in, in that conference. I anyway. mean, it's a beast. Ain't nobody winning at Fall Gallon. Guys, we talked about it a little earlier. We got the the sponsorship going on, the partnership with Autograph. You guys got to check the app out, all right? It's founded by Tom Brady, which I heard. Hey, listen, man, me, Tom, Big Hawk, we all got a little, little in common. Um, by little, I mean very little. Uh, but anytime anybody says something about Tom Brady, uh, my ears perk up. So Tom started this uh, this app. So he had one mission in mind, to change the fan experience for the better. The Autograph Fandom Rewarded app allows devoted fans to unlock the most memorable experiences and rewards. You get best college basketball content, all this stuff's in one place. You can get ranked. You can level up. You can earn points for watching, reading, uh, just following your favorite team. You know, you, you just download the app. Use the Sleephawk, SHWW, Sleephawk Worldwide uh, promo code when you do that. And you get like accrue points. And over time, you get rewards and, you know, they're coming out with some pretty cool stuff. So so make sure you check it out. Um, like I said, we're, we're involved with it because we really believe in it. I think it's a really cool app. Um, and I think here pretty soon, everybody's going to be on to it. But they recently launched it in, um, in North Carolina. So you'll probably be seeing a lot more about it. It's a great way to stay involved with Tar Heels. Great way to support them. Great way to support us. So please download the autograph app. Uses codes SHWW. Yeah, and uh, sleep. What's so great about this app is you don't have to go all over the place to read different blogs or different articles. You can get on the app. You can read everything you want to know about North Carolina basketball right there on the app. You just scroll. Everything's on that app. Autograph. It's a, it's a high quality app, guys. You won't regret it. Use our code SHWW. You'll love it. Believe me. Trust me. This any this is this is a real deal. We got the link in our YouTube subscription or whatever description. We got the link in our podcast description. If you're having trouble finding it, you can uh, DM us. We'll send you the link directly. There's a link in our Instagram. We'll post it on our Twitter. We'll have it everywhere so it's easy to find. Um, even if it's not up here, the last thing we're going to get to, Big Hawk, is I can promise you anything about the this app, no matter what your thoughts are about it. I promise you. It's better than the slam dunk contest over the weekend. I mean, did you even watch it? Because all I saw were highlights mostly. And like, God bless Mac McClung. But like, dude, if that's the best the NBA can offer, they need to put the dunk contest out to pasture, dude. Jalen Brown got booed. Did you see his dunk when he tried to do the D Brown and then put his arm in his his head and his arm after he dunked the ball. Nah, man. Here's the thing is... The, the, the this, by the way, coming from a dude that... I mean, I don't think I could touch the net on trampoline, by the, the way. The dunk contest has lost its value, and I think uh, the reason it has is because they've gone to this time situation. Nobody mm -hmm. wants to see people miss dunks. Uh, I think they should be, uh, you know, kind of the old school, like the pressure was like, mm -hmm. dude, you got to make it. Like, don't try to do an impossible dunk 11 times and on the 12th time, Make it and expect to get a great score. Like, if mm -hmm. you put us through, I mean, that was unbearable to watch you miss that many dunks. Yeah. Uh, uh, <clears throat> sorry. You know, stop stop letting these guys get out there for five minutes and miss a thousand dunks. I don't even watch it anymore, sleep. It's tough. It's, I'm telling you, man, my, one of my all time dream Sleep Hawk Worldwide guests ruined it forever. And when Ben, I don't care what anybody says, been some decent ones sense like you know there's some good ones aaron gordon you can talk about dwight howard or i mean i wasn't a big fan of nate robinson but there's there's some entertaining ones right but for me vince carter's dunk contest was the end of it because the other piece of it is like the part of the reason why guys miss so many dunks now is because there's so much pressure to come up with something someone's never seen before and to me it's not about that to me, it's not about something someone's never seen before. It's just executing the sort of like, like what Vince Carter did. That 360 windmill, in my opinion, is the greatest dunk I have ever seen in my entire life. And it was because of like, it was poetry, dude. 
I mean, it was flawless, even from the ball. If you watch that, and everybody's seen it a million times, and there's a couple other great ones he had. But the, even the ball going through the net and the net just coming up perfectly through the rim, dude, and it was just effortless. And everything, full extension and all that stuff. Like, what you want to see is these guys just be the freak athlete that they are. And, of course, like, you've never seen LeBron in there. You've never seen, like, some of the better players. Because, look, man, these guys are worth way too much money to then blow their ACL in a dunk contest. I mean, I thought Kaminga would have been a great ad for the dunk contest. But his th- thing was, hey, dude, like, I don't do a bunch of flashy stuff. Like, I just tomahawk dunk, bro. Like, that's what my game is. So, like, I, I don't think there's enough appreciation for just, like, a gravity to fire. Everybody feels like they got to do somersaults and jump over somebody tall and do tricks and all that. I mean, I want to see the dude that just cups one from the from the jump circle. And it's just like, Wow. Like I've seen it before, but I ain't seen it in a while, you know, and, and I'm with you, man. I think there's a lot of pre- like Zion would have been great. I would have loved to see Zion in the dunk contest, but you're just not going to get those guys anymore. You're yeah. not going to get the great players and you either got to get them young or, or if you're going to go the McClung route, just let guys out, let street ballers come do it, man. I'm down <laughs> with that. You know, show me some guys. There's a lot of guys that can dunk that ain't in the NBA. So I'd be cool with that. Yeah, I'm with you, Sleep. I mean, it's it's lost its value. I don't tune in anymore. Uh, but to me, um, I know you really mentioned the Vince, and I, I thought Vince was great, but the iconic picture where MJ was in it oh. with his gold chain, and then I think of Dominique Wilkins, mm-hmm. uh, the battles him and MJ yeah. had in the dunk contest, those are mm-hmm. iconic. Yeah. And then also the picture where MJ is kind of cradling the dude, ball the co- yeah, dude. and has the poster. <laughs> that is one of my all-time yeah. favorite MJ uh, Yep. Uh, pictures yeah. and posters. Yeah. I love Dude, that. Don't one. get me wrong. I mean, I mean, look, I'm not saying that I just felt like I saw Vince live and oh, yeah. I'll never forget. I was like, this dude came out with that windmill on the first one, too. Oh, I know. It like, was unbelievable. Wow. Um, I got the all star game on over my shoulder. It's probably the first quarter is probably 188 to 179 right now. It's a game everybody <laughs> played on defense. I don't understand line. why people watch it. But uh, the uh, LED court was cool. I really feel like the LED court could be the move uh, for the NBA. But anyway, um, guys, download the app. Use the SHWW uh, promo code. We'll share the link. Uh, Get your crab cakes. It's about that season. I think it's crabs. It's always crab season up there at Jimmy's. We appreciate his support, their support, as always. Um, You got anything else, Big Hawk? Stay safe. Stay safe.